Are you a wise man or a moron? How's that for an opening question? Does it intrigue you or offend you? You see, Jesus asked that very question in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus introduces us to Wally and Martin, two builders. Wally is a wise man and Martin is a moron. What are they building? What makes Wally wise and Martin such a moron? Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode number 137. In this episode, we continue our journey through my book entitled, Are You a Superman of God? Becoming God's Man of Steel. This week's episode is entitled, A Wise Man and a Moron. For those of you just joining this podcast, and for those of you who may just need a refresher, we're currently talking about how to be a Superman of God, God's man of steel. Much of what we're covering in this series is being taken directly from the pages of my book with the same title, Are You a Superman? How to Become God's Man of Steel. The book's available on Amazon.com. Well, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus introduces us to Wally and Martin. Now, those are names that I've made up for the sake of of this series, but I want you to understand that Wally was a wise man. Martin, well, he was a moron. No, no, that's not my description. It's Jesus' description, and I'm willing to bet if you pick up your Bible right now and open it to Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, you won't find the word moron anywhere there. But I assure you, it is there. You see, Jesus called Martin a foolish man. That word foolish comes from the Greek word moros. You guessed it, it's the root for our English word moron. Furthermore, it means exactly what you would expect the word to mean. One who is stupid, a blockhead, a very foolish man, a moron. Well, the first thing that we need to focus on here is the magnitude of Wally and Martin's building projects. See, they weren't, they, they weren't just assembling a really cool treehouse or, or an ice fishing shanty or a duck blind. They were building a very important structure. In fact, Jesus called it their house. In other words, both of these guys were deeply involved and deeply engaged in a life-building project. So this wasn't a, a fly-by-night, do-it-on-a-whim-and-slap-it-all-together kind of thing. This was an I'm-all-in, do-or-die kind of project. And their goal wasn't simply to construct a comfy, comfy uh, vacation bungalow somewhere in the Hamptons. <laughs> they, they weren't building something just for themselves. What they were building was going to be a heritage for their kids, a legacy that these two guys hoped would last well into the future. They were building their lives. Now, in a few moments, we'll discover together just what made Martin a moron and Wally a wise man. But for right now, I want you to keep in mind that Martin wasn't just throwing a few sticks together with spit and chewing gum and a ball of twine and saying, voila, there's my life. He wasn't going through the building process thinking, oh, well, this is just a temporary thing because I know that a big bad wolf is going to come along someday and he'll huff and he'll puff. When he blows, everything's going to come down. Everything I've worked for all my life is going to come crashing around me. Martin didn't shrug his shoulders and say, eh, no big deal. I mean, when it does collapse, I'll just pick up the pieces of my life and start all over again. No. He was just as intent on building a life that would leave a lasting legacy 
as was his counterpart. Both Martin and Wally were working toward the same goal. And I'd like to suggest that you and I strongly resemble Wally and Martin. Every day, whether we realize it or not, we are building into our lives. Every day, we make decisions that impact our lives, and those decisions also affect the lives of those around us. Every choice we make, watch this now, every choice we make today determines the path we're going to go down tomorrow. It also determines the heritage we will leave behind when we're gone. Truth is, most of the time, we don't pause long enough to consider that the things we are choosing to do or not to do today right here, right now, are literally molding our future. That our choices today are setting a course for tomorrow that's going to influence the lives of everyone we care about. So not only do Wally and Martin share this similarity, but I want to suggest, I want to submit, I want to declare that you and I have at least this one thing in common with those guys. We are life builders. The second similarity between Wally and Martin is this, they both lived in the same neighborhood, and they probably knew each other. Now, I I say that because Jesus describes the, the storm that they encountered as the exact same horrific storm that attacked both of their houses, both of their lives. In both instances, both for Wally and for Martin, Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 25 and 27, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. It was the same storm. In fact, I want to submit that this was no mild midsummer thunderstorm. These two guys weren't sitting out on their back deck with an iced tea in hand and watching the clouds darken while they were complaining about their lumbago. The storm that ransacked their neighborhood, I want to suggest, was more like a Class 5 hurricane with a couple of tornadoes thrown in. This particular storm packed such a punch that it put untold stress on both of their lives. It bore down on both of them with unbearable force, and both of these guys were powerless to do anything about it. Now watch this. You and I, we will also face multiple storms in life. In fact, we've already faced some, haven't we? Each storm we face, each one we encounter, is intent on destroying us, taking us down. Sometimes we're going to get rained on. I'm not talking about the droplets of moisture that fall from the sky. I'm referring to those, let's call them tiny little situations, uh, dare I say annoyances, that in and of themselves don't amount to much. I mean, they're just a pesky drop here and a pesky drop there. We can definitely do without it, but when they fall, we can tolerate them. However, when they start hitting you all at once, you'll find yourself diving for cover. Am I right? Well, every so often, the rain is going to fall on your life and it's going to come with a vengeance. So how are you going to hold up under the barrage? The choices and decisions that you make today will determine your answer when the storm comes tomorrow. Sometimes, with the rain comes the flood. Now, I'm talking about those situations in life that seem to to swell up on you suddenly. And then then it just kind of sits there and weighs heavily on you. It, it kind of drowns out everything that you value. It just kind of takes over your life. And you find yourself wondering, is this ever going to end? When is this going to go away? You begin to feel a damp sadness creep over you. 
In fact, it kind of borders on cold despair as it just kind of leaves sludge and destruction in its wake. The floods of life. Listen, the floods of life will come, my friends. You can count on it. Watch this now. The choices and decisions you make today will determine how you respond when the floods rise up all around you tomorrow. (laughs) And then there's the wind. We're not talking about a slight breeze here. I'm referring to the times when you get slammed, seemingly out of nowhere. You know what I'm talking about. You never saw it coming. This is this, this is the major surprise that hits you hard. It, it's relentlessly pressing in on you. you. You find yourself staggering back from the blast, barely able to keep your footing. You're, you're searching for something or someone solid to grab hold of because you know that you're not able to anchor yourself. You know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you don't find purchase soon, it's going to blow you far, far away. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about because you've experienced these winds in your life before. And you will experience them again. The choices and decisions you make today will determine how solidly you stand up against the winds tomorrow. Here's a fact. I know you know this, but let me state it anyway. Life isn't always sunshine and butterflies. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are spiritually. The storms are going to come. It's a fact of life. In fact, many times, let's face it, you're going to hit by, get, get hit by the rain and the floods and the winds all at the same time. So the question I want you to ask yourself is this, how well will my structure, how well will my life, how well will my family, how well will my home hold up under the storm that's coming? To answer that, I've got to ask another question. What high-quality, precious materials are you putting into your life right now that will enable it to stand when the attack comes tomorrow? Here's a fact. We, We don't know. We don't know when the next storm's going to hit. We don't know how hard it's going to hit. We don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know what part of our life it's going to attack next. The only thing that we do know, the only thing we can be guaranteed of is that it will come. The storm is on its way. So we need to prepare now for the inevitable. Well, so far in our story of Wally and Martin, we see that we share at least two things in common with these guys. We saw that both builders faced the same storm. What storms of life are you struggling against? Why are they storms? Let me challenge you. Seriously, I want to challenge you to get your Bible, if you don't have it with you already, and open it up to 1 Peter chapter 5 and read verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. And then after you're done reading 1 Peter 5, 8, I want you to then to go over to the Gospel of John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and read verse 44, John 8, 44, and then slip over to John chapter 10, verse 10. Let me repeat that. I want you to go to 1 Peter 5, 8, and after you're done reading 1 Peter 5, 8, go to John chapter 8, verse 44, and then chapter John chapter 10, verse 10. You see, those verses are going to help you answer this question. What does Satan want to accomplish through the storms in your life, and why? What does Satan want to accomplish through your storms, and why. Then after you've thought about that, I'd like you to open your Bible to James chapter 1 and read verses 2 and 3. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And after you've read James 1, verses 2 and 3, go over to the Old Testament book of Job 
and read chapter 23, verse 10, Job 23, 10. And then 1 Peter 1, 7. I'll give those to you again. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Job chapter 23, verse 10. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. After you read those passages of Scripture, they will help you answer this question. What does God want to accomplish through the storms in your life, and why? What does God want to accomplish when those storms enter in your life, and why? Well, so far, we've seen two similarities between Wally and Martin. They're each building their life, they're building a lasting legacy, and they're facing the same storm that's intent on taking down both of their houses. Let me share with you a third connection that these two guys share. And that is this. They both attended the same church. They sat under the same pastor, and they were exposed to the same sermons week after week after week. You you see, in in this story that Jesus is giving in, in, in our text in Matthew, he's not saying that Wally had a love for hearing the truth and Martin just felt an utter contempt for it. No, 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 no. Jesus said both of these guys heard the word of God. Let me repeat that. I don't want you to miss this. They both heard God's word. I think sometimes we forget that part of the story. Both men knew the value of what God had to say. Both men sought it out. Both of these guys went to church and listened to the preacher share what God had to say. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, maybe they heard the word of God, but only Wally was actually listening. Let me clarify something for you here. The verb that Jesus uses to hear, they both heard the word of God. That verb to hear indicates that the one who's doing the hearing, so both Wally and both Martin and and, and Martin were attentively considering every word that was coming across. They focused on it. In other words, both Wally and Martin gave their full attention to what was being said. They were thinking about how God's truth applied to them. Now, let me risk a moment of repetition here. I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that both of these builders heard God's word. They both sat on the edge of their pew during the Sunday message. They both had their Bibles open. They both took copious notes. They gave careful attention to what God had to say about how to live life. They gave serious thought as to how it applied to them. My my point is this, that that it's not just a wise man thing to do. The guy is sitting across the aisle is listening to what God had to say just as much as you. And he was actually thinking about what he was hearing. So Martin's not a moron, at least not yet. Have you ever stopped to consider the fact that you also hear God's word? As you've been listening to this podcast in each episode each week, you hear the Word of God. Every Sunday when you sit in church or when you have your devotions or, or you sit in a small group Bible study, every time you hear God's Word, you have a choice right then at that moment. What are you going to do with what you hear? Now think, think about this carefully, because this is a third thing that you and I share in common with Wally and Martin. But as thought-provoking as all of this is, It's not the similarities between these two guys and us that's important here. I mean, up to this point, there's very little difference between Wally and Martin, very little difference between them and us. However, Jesus makes it clear there's one singular difference that we must focus our attention on. 
You see, that soul variation is what determines whether you are a wise man or a moron. You see, the fundamental difference between Wally and Martin was the type of foundation they chose to build upon. Wally chose obedience to God's word. Martin did not. Let me repeat that. Wally chose to obey God's word. Martin chose not to. The foolish man of Matthew chapter 7 heard God's word, just like the wise man. What made him a moron was that he willfully, willingly chose to ignore what God had said. He heard the truth of God. He heard God's word just just like you are, just like I do. He understood God's promises just like we do. Yet he didn't follow through with obedience. What about you? I don't know, maybe Martin intended to apply God's principles to his life later on. I don't know. But James warns us in James chapter 1, verse 22, to not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Otherwise, you're a moron. Well, Martin made the choice to go about life on his own. For whatever reason, he decided he only needed God on Sundays and holidays. Let me ask you, what choices are you making right now? Think about this. You've already been spending time at the construction site known as your life. You have already been fully engaged in a life-building project. So the question then is not whether you're going to be a wise builder. Rather, the real question that I want you to zero in on is this. Which builder are you right now? Oh, my friend, I cannot repeat this enough. You are building your life right now. Is it a godly life? Are the things you're putting into your life leading you to a deeper relationship with God? This very moment, as you are listening to the words of this episode, would God consider you a wise man or a moron? I submit that if you're not in God's word daily, If you're not applying God's truth to your life moment by moment, choosing to live in obedience to what God is teaching you, then I submit, my friend, and I know this is powerful language, but I submit you are, not you will be, you might be, you could be, you are a foolish man. You're a moron. Now, (laughs) I know that's strong language, but if you truly want to be godly in your everyday living, it begins now. Not tomorrow, not after you're done going through this episode, this podcast, this series, but right now. So let me reiterate the fact that God says a wise man gives his full and immediate attention to what God is saying in the word. The wise man, the superman of God is always considering carefully what he's reading and what he's hearing and and he's seeking to understand how God's word applies to his life. But listen, that alone does not make us wise. Something else is required. And according to Jesus, it's nothing short of complete obedience. You and I have to put what God says into practice in our life, or we are morons. Okay, we're going to hit the pause button here until next week's episode. If you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry and how we reach men and women literally across the globe, helping them find victory and freedom through a growing relationship with Christ, uh, victory o- over their, their porn addiction and sexual addictions, then I encourage you to visit our website and look at the multitude of resources we've made available. Our website is The Purity Coach. It's all one word, The 
Purity, P-U-R-I-T-Y, coach.com. Now, before I close out this episode, I want to remind you of this this announcement we've made a, a few different times in the last few episodes. After nearly 11 years, I'm excited to, to let you know, to inform you, to challenge you, to encourage you to get my newest book. It's called The Point of Purity Workbook. The Point of Purity Workbook. It's available on Amazon. And this workbook is, is actually it's the accumulation and culmination of 10 years of coaching, mentoring, and counseling in the area of sexual addiction and purity. I have written a 12-week journey through Scripture. The Point of Purity workbook is there to help you discover the point of purity. Why, why should I be pure? What's the point? What's wrong with a little forbidden pleasure from time to time? And in this study, you'll also learn how to get to the point of purity. Living daily in freedom and victory over temptation because you're walking in a closer relationship with God. You see, the real problem that we struggle with is not sexual temptation. It's not lust. It's not porn. It's not masturbation. The real problem is a worship disorder. Who is sitting on the throne of my heart? Whom am I worshiping and why? And this Point of Purity workbook is a 12-week deep dive into Scripture. It's written and geared to help answer the all-important question and discover how to dethrone King me. How do I allow God to be Lord and leader of every part of my life so I'm building the right kind of legacy, so that I'm a wise builder? So I encourage you, be sure to visit Amazon.com today and get your copy of the Point of Purity workbook. And if you've not yet gotten your copy of the Superman book, might as well look for that too. It's entitled, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel, available on Amazon. Well, if you've not yet subscribed to this podcast, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. So until next time, this is Steve Etner, author, national speaker, certified professional mentor, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry, reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thank you.